Hey guys, how are we doing? Welcome back to another episode of Fort Checking TV. I'm your host, Doug Lackey, and alongside me are my co-hosts, uh, Trevin Catalas and Scotty Porterfield. Boys, how are we doing? Good. Doing very Good. well. No Peyton this week. He's on vacation. Scotty, go ahead. Very well on this Monday evening. I just also came back from vacation. I was down in Ocean City for a couple of days, so uh, happy to be back here on Fort Checking, of course. There you go. There you go. I don't think I'm doing a vacation right away, though. I think I'm going to do one like in October. Um, go. I think I'm going to go to like Orange Beach, Alabama and just go down there for a couple couple days and just do whatever the hell I'm going to do down there. I don't know. I'm, you, you guys know I'm not a big beach person. So like, yep. God knows what I'm going to do. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going to get into it. Um, the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Andre Vasilevsky, Conn Smythe winner, probably solidifying himself as one of, as easily by far and wide the best goalie in the league, um, best goalie on the planet. He was absolutely incredible. Um, 4-0 in elimination games, and I think a good chunk of those were shutouts. So absolutely insane stuff from him, um, you know, but uh, – Montreal, man, you got to tip your cap to them. Um, they they held it together for the longest time. And, uh, you know, Carey Price was unreal. Um, big thing I want to touch on is their assistant coach, Luke Richardson, was unreal um, when he had to come in and be the head coach of the team whenever Dominique Ducharme had COVID. Um, so much to the point that Luke Richardson should probably be the next head coach for the Montreal Canadiens. And not Dominique Ducharme, but that's going to be a story for another time. One thing we think we have to do is just marvel at how quickly Tampa Bay turned things around in the last two years. Let's go back to 2019. After they got after they won the President's Trophy and were then swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I mean, we all remember the fallout from that. Remember the apology tweet that went up and just how cringeworthy everything was like. It honestly was about as pretty close to as low as you can get in terms of that franchise because everyone was thinking, wow, these guys are just never going to win. And now here they are two years later, back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Say what you will about them. You know, I understand that obviously they're under different circumstances and whatnot, but it's not easy winning the NHL. You know, dynasties aren't really a thing anymore. And to see Tampa – pretty much handle business the way they needed to, the way they could, they should have done for the long, longest time. You got to give credit where credit's due. So tip your hat to the, tip your uh, cap to the lightning and we'll see how, what they can do next year. Yeah. It was honestly a miracle after that 2019 series against Columbus that they didn't blow it up, you know? Um, because honestly, after that, any other team in the league blows it up, you know? People get traded, guys get shipped out, and that team's never the same. But, uh, you know, they had – I think a big part of what has helped – what helped them become, like, a championship roster is, like, you know, their complementary guys got a lot better, you know. Bringing in Blake Coleman and Barclay Goudreau took them from a really good team to a championship team. Anthony Sorelli actually being able to come in and have the impact that he had early – on in his career has been huge because their center depth is ridiculous. And um, as we get into expansion talk, their center depth may change. So 
Um, we'll get into that in a minute or two, but anything else you guys want to add on the Stanley Cup final? I got some stuff from Montreal, not necessarily to kind of throw out to you guys because I heard a hot take about this. Obviously, I brought this up to you guys before the show, but um, for the viewers as well, some of the things to know about Montreal moving forward here real quick, just to look at that I looked into. Um, some of those injuries that you don't necessarily see that the people play through, but going to have surgeries at the end of the season. Um, I know we just talked about it. Brendan Gallagher, Shea Weber, and Kerry Price. Um, all three are set to have some, some surgeries like after the season's over here, which it is. Um, and that will sideline them, you know, and them, I guess for the remainder of the season for next season, um, unless they would make playoffs and they have a chance to come back. There are a lot of players I met that Thomas Tatar does not want to come back. You know, just big, big players like that um, from Montreal that we all know that they don't want to, they don't want to play for that team anymore. They want to move out of there. So they're going to switch up lineups. I mean, obviously you got to bring some new people in, but the hot take I'm going to bring up to you guys. And I want to see if you can agree with this. I actually heard this from another source on Twitter. Um, a comparison for Carey Price, Carey Price's career, comparing it right up against Henrik Lundqvist. Now, here's what they had. Um, they're both gold medal, both gold medalists in their expected countries, expect for their expected countries teams. Um, both up in age a little bit. Um, at times played for not the best teams in the league, but had those one or two years there where they got really hot, just like Montreal did this year. Um, New York had a couple of years where they got hot there, but he was the goaltender. Of course, that was that one year they lost the LA Kings in the Stanley Cup final. Montreal here losing to Tampa Bay and that one in this cup run here, both in five games uh, as well. Um, but at that point, they never got a chance to go back to that big game after that. Henrik Lundqvist never got, never went back to that game, the big Stanley cup final and will carry price get to go back as well. And that's the thing. Like looking at both of those side by side, how similar are they in you guys eyes from between carry price and Henrik Lundqvist via their career. Before, before I get into this, I just want to say that Gallagher, Weber, and Price are all perfectly fine. TK, you got duped by a fake Damn. Um, But anyway, so the question is, who's better, Lundquist or Carey Price? Kind of, sort of. Like, I just, like, reading off, like, those comparisons, all, how all they're saying, like, they both got to that big game, lost in five games with a team that's not so good, but eventually got there, but couldn't get all the way. Gold medalists with both their teams. How can like how much do they compare like likeliness in their careers for you guys? They're they're pretty similar, but I would take um, Henrik Lundqvist in a heartbeat because you know during all that time where Carey Price was the so-called best goalie in the world and putting up some pretty average numbers. Henrik Lundqvist was the actual best goalie in the world. Um, you know, one game playoff guy I would take in net, obviously, like, from our lifetime, but, like, I'm excluding, like, guys like, you know, Broder and Dominic Koshik because, like, we were really young whenever they played and whenever they were really good. But, like, for guys in the 2010s, you know, one game playoff, you're taking Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist, man. Like, when he when he's locked in, it's like he's on a completely different planet. I'm actually going to go with Carey Price on this one. I think, you know, obviously TK said 
mentioned, you know, how similar their careers are. Obviously, they both have business to their credit and whatnot. They've both been in the finals, of course. The one thing that separates Carey Price from Henrik Lundqvist to me, Carey Price is an MVP season. Henrik Lundqvist never had one of those. And I think that's something that we got to factor in, too. How it's not often, it's in fact, it's incredibly rare that goalies are bringing home the MVP. I think the only, the only two that I can think of that did it were Hashik and Jose Theodore. One, yeah. He, yeah, he had that random year where he was MVP for whatever reason. Again, not important, but Canadian voting always helps, right? Well, like I said, that's how you, I think that's the thing that separates him the most is that. Yeah, Lundqvist may have been the best goalie, but he was never the clear-cut best player in hockey. Think about that. The best player in the league. There was one year where Carey Carey Price, you know, whether he had the Canadian media on his side or not, clearly had enough votes to be thought of as the best player in hockey. And I think that's what separates those two between Price and Lundqvist. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. All right, guys. So now you ready to get into the big fun part of our episode? Yes, please. All right. Seattle Kraken mock expansion draft, baby. We're going to go through all um, all 30 eligible teams, and we're going to pick them. We're going to argue. Some of us are probably going to get pissed off at each other, but here we go. Starting off with the Anaheim Ducks. Wait, let's mention that Vegas is, is exempt because that pisses yeah. me off already, but it is what it is. Yeah, Vegas is exempt. They get to hold on to their two world-class goalies and try and cap dump flurry in the summer because, <laughs> of course, they do. And I can't ever have a summer of peace without people screaming into the night for Marc-Andre Fleury to come home with this one. But that's neither here nor there. We're going to get into it here. The Anaheim Ducks are on the clock for the Seattle Kraken. I'm just going to come out and say it. They will have a trade in place where they select Adam Henrik. I thought, uh, yeah. Yeah. And my secondary pick, if they do not go Adam Henrik, would be uh, young defenseman Josh Mahara. Um, as always, just like the Ducks had in the last expansion draft, they have so many good defensemen that they're going to lose somebody. Someone's going to slip through the cracks and – for me, it would probably be Josh Mahara because they will end up protecting Hayden Flurry because they just gave up like a crap load of assets for him at the deadline. So there you have it. Guys, go ahead. I'm going to go the forward route here. However, I'm not going to go with Adam Henry. I'm going to go with a younger forward. How do you feel about Sam Steele? Can you potentially see Sam Steele ending up with the Kraken? Because here's the thing. I mean, obviously he dominated juniors and he had two – Good seasons with the Ducks, obviously, kind of fell off last year. But he's still young. He's 23 years old, and I can guarantee he can find his game again. Obviously, like I said, he didn't produce like they wanted him to. But look at the team he's playing on. He's playing for the Ducks. They're terrible, you know. So there are reasons for optimism. He's a great – he knows how to hit the net. I think it's a safe selection, and he has room to grow as well. So I feel like that would be the right way to go if you're going to be the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, the Seattle Kraken. I mean, uh, for me, like, looking through this, obviously, my first thought was, okay, well, you can take a UFA, but obviously a CF Seattle wants to take one of the UFAs, they're going to have to sign him in the free agency, especially if Anaheim's not going to re-sign him. Um, because 
I haven't I haven't looked in my opinion to see or in, in my own case to see who Anaheim or any of these teams have re-signed that were UFAs already. Um, but just lists that I was gathering. Uh, obviously, you got a couple of veterans that are UFAs or were UFAs. I know Getzlaff and uh, David Backers were on the list. Um, I don't know if Getzlaff re-signed or not. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on that. But uh, um, according to my what, what I've found so far, I didn't see them any. I, I see uh, obviously Scotty about Sam Steele, um, Adam Henrique. I saw them look to take take a trade for that, but. Um, I also didn't see anywhere that they were 100% protecting Maxime Couture either. Um, and that was He's exempt. The exempt. Okay. Yeah. So, him and uh, Trevor Zegers are both exempt as well as Jimmy Drysdale. So, yeah. So, in, in that case, then um, I'm probably going to have to agree with you then, Doug, and take Adam Henrique with that because I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know never, never to say this in the world, but I'm going to anyway. Um, to base it off, base it off of a freaking video game and NHL 21. But anytime you go play that game, uh, Anaheim wants to dump off Adam Henry so damn bad. So <laughs> let's just let's just let Seattle have him. Yeah, and the thing with Henrique is he puts up really good um, numbers in terms of like analytics and metrics and things of that nature. It's just the contract is just so damn bad, you know. And they don't really they have so many centers to begin with because you got to think. Your one, two, three right now is um, Zegris, Sam Steele, and Isaac Lundstrom. And there's still a chance in two weeks you're going to end up drafting Maddie Veneers. So you're, you're really losing the true need for someone like Adam Henry. Um, the Arizona Coyotes are an interesting one. Um, the big thing to look into would be their goaltending situation. And their goaltending situation, they, they're they projected to protect Darcy Kemper, which would leave Aiden Hill exposed. And I think Aiden Hill is one of those guys that you take a chance on because he has the ability to be – starter at the NHL level. I think that he'd be a great 1A, 1B tandem type of goalie with whoever the uh, Kraken end up with, um, you know, and I think that he has the chance to become a true number one. So my pick would be Aiden Hill. I was going to think of, I was going to think of Hill too, but I think at the same time, the Coyotes know that this guy is pretty good and he could end up potentially being a goalie of the future for them. So I could see them honestly, I could see them maybe send like a draft pick in order to protect that, in order to, you know, sway Seattle away from Hill. And maybe they go after like a, a younger defenseman or something like that. I was looking at a, a couple names here. Um, this one kid came up, uh, Kyle Capo Bianco. I, I hope I'm saying that right. He was one name that came up. I feel like at the very least, you add depth to the blue line because he is a younger guy. Like I said, he's only 23 years old. And for Arizona, like you said, Dougie, Aiden Hill is way too important to this team. And I feel like if you, you know, you don't really want to lose that guy because, you know, Darcy Kemper is a good goalie, obviously, but I feel like Aiden Hill could be much more valuable down the road as opposed to Kemper. So I think if that's the, if that's what the Coyotes want to do, if they're cool with letting go of Hill, then so be it. But if they really value him, I'm sure they'd be willing to send a pick over to Seattle just to, you know, sort of sway them away. And this is my hot take. If it's not Aiden Hill, this will be the time where we see a UFA signing. Um, 
for the Kraken. The, they would sign like Jordan Osterley or Alex Gorgoski to a contract, and that would be who they take from the, the Coyotes. That's exactly where I was going, Doug, because I was looking at this list, and I'm like, the only person any anywhere decent in my mind that would have a chance of going would have been Aiden Hill, which you guys brought up. But the amount of UFAs that would be available for Seattle to take is, you know, extraordinary to do that. So, like you mentioned, Gol- Goligoski's out there. Yalmerson's out there. I know he's up in age a little bit as well with Goligoski. Um, Demers is out. Jason Demers is out there. He's up in age too. Mm-hmm. Austerly, um, the cancerous Derek Broussard um, is out there. Um, and then Anzi Ranta is also out there uh, as a UFA for them. So I, I'm going to agree with that, that they'll just uh, go ahead and do a UFA off of Arizona if they can't get Aiden Hill. Yeah, I like that. Up next, the Boston Bruins. Um, this is an interesting one because a lot of the guys that you would think they'd have to protect are going to be UFAs. And they're all free agents. They're all free agents, you know. You're not, like, literally, like, the only big guys they have to protect is, like, you know, Pasta, Charlie McAvoy, Bogeron, and Marchand. Um. You know, I could see them, you know, going this route and taking a pending RFA in uh, Andre Katra. Uh, he was out most of the year. Um, and I don't know if, you know, the Bruins would want to protect him with uh, all the question marks surrounding whether or not he's going to be able to, you know, produce at the level that he was producing at prior to the injury. One thing that was like, I feel like with Kasha, like you said, there is a little bit of uncertainty there in his sense. So maybe you're trying to strengthen the back end because that's one thing Boston always has. They always have defensemen. And the one guy that I was thinking about was uh, Jeremy Lousen. You know, first off, he's a young guy. So he just turned 24. He was huge for Boston on their penalty kill this year. And I think he could provide the same sort of value to Seattle as well. He's a solid all-around defenseman. I don't feel like that's a guy you can pass up on as opposed to Andre Kasha, who, you know, is still battling injuries at, uh, and, you know, may not return to the form that he once was. Um, for me, like I said, there's like Doug mentioned too, there's not a whole lot of people you're going to, you got, you have to really protect on this because everybody's going away. Um, unless of course they resign both goaltenders or, or UFAs to and, and Halak. They're both there. You both UFAs. Um, if you can take one of them, you know, that's a decent pickup for goalie as well. But it ain't going to happen, most likely. Um, Jared Tenorti's a UFA. He, 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 that'd be a good pick. Mike Riley, you could take him. David Krejci's up in age. And the the real question is, is Taylor Hall going to re-sign with Boston? Is, there, is he going to try his luck somewhere else? Could he I end up in Seattle? Yeah. No way. No way in hell. Um, but really – for the Bruins, they the the real quality options lie in their defense because the three guys you're going to protect are going to be McAvoy, Carlo, and Matt Grizzly, mm-hmm. and that's going to leave Connor Clifton, Jacobs, Jacobs Borrell, and just like uh, Scotty just said, Jeremy Lauzon exposed. All those guys are really young, and they've proven that they can play at a high level in and some of them in top four roles. Um, also, fun fact. Who do you think the uh, protected goalie is for the uh, Bruins? On, uh, who? 
Darth Vader. Yes, Dan Vladar is being protected because both goalies are UFAs, like TK said, and Jeremy Swayman is exempt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, other one could be Nick Ritchie. Um, I could also see Jake DeBrusque being exposed over like a Nick Ritchie or an Andre Kasha because I don't know what it is, man, but they – Bruce Cassidy. Like, Bruce Cassidy cannot stand it, you know? And I got a feeling that uh, 15, 20 years from now, we're going to get uh, Jake DeBrusque on some sort of podcast, like a spit and chicklets type deal, and he's just going to go off on Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, remember how uh, Bates Pataglia blew up on Bruce Cassidy on the um, on chicklets? It's going to be the same thing. Yep. So. I think they'd honestly protect uh, a Nick Ritchie. I think they would actually consider protecting Ritchie, truth be told, as opposed to, you know, like you said, a Kasha or a, or a Jake DeBrasque. I feel like he has some value to the depth of that Boston team, and obviously they're going to need it because you're not 100% certain you're going to be able to re-sign some of these guys in free agency. So you got to keep some of your big guns around, and Nick Ritchie's definitely one of those guys. So I think they're going to protect him in this uh, expansion draft. Yeah, I agree. So now we're on to everybody's favorite team, the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, I have no idea what the hell to even do here, you know, Um, because most of the people that are going to be left exposed on this team are – actual bad players you know and half the ones are gonna half the ones they're protecting are most likely gonna get traded yes reinhardt yes, reinhardt's a protector um rest protection i eichel is protected and he's most likely gonna go Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's probably that's probably like the only reasonable one because, like, you know, you're not going to take Cody Egan, you're not going to take Kyle Pozo. Um, Carter Hutton's washed. Matt Irwin is literally an AHL defenseman. This couple, um, couple of the ones I had on here, I was fine. And Tate Thompson was protected. Was being protected. Because everybody else being that bad. The only way I could see them, maybe they get Jeff Skinner to wait his no move clause and they leave him exposed. So they can protect Tage Thompson. You know? I don't know, man. Uh, what I had, what I thought they were going to do, honestly, I figured they would try and get him to take Cody Eakin. I feel like you got to order. I feel like if you're going to avoid them taking Thompson, you have to like you know, throwing a prospect and you have that second round pick with Boston, you still have that yeah. pick that you got in the Taylor Hall deal. So if you throw those yeah. two in, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Seattle be like, all right, fine. We'll take Cody. Eakin. why not? I feel like they'd be willing to, you know, make that sacrifice. Plus I feel like there's value in the fact that Cody Eakin has been through the expansion process before. Yeah. He was in the last one. Seattle, uh, Vegas took him last time. That's right. Yeah, I think that there's value in the fact that, you know, he could be helpful, 
in some way, shape, or form to guys that just randomly were like, hey, our teams don't want us, and now we're all just in this random ass city. Yeah. So. I also saw um, hot takes on uh, Seattle taking Rasmus Asplund. I saw that too. Um, and then obviously you get a bunch of UFAs for them too, but most of the people, as you said, are not great at all. Um, <laughs> Linus Olmark, but UFA. Yeah, but yeah, but he's he's not that great either, to be honest. You know, like you said, most of the players that are there are not great. So that, that's a hard one. I mean, you're literally picking from a pile of mostly crap from Buffalo because everybody who is everybody who's actually decent is protected, and half of those are being traded. So who do you really have a lot to pick from? Yeah, I mean, I could see Rasmus Aspen going to Seattle. You know, that's the big thing that um, we're going to get into probably later with the Vancouver Canucks and Cole Lind. There's guys that haven't really played in the NHL yet that are eligible for this thing, and they're good prospects. And it's to the point of, okay, do we, you know, in a sense, screw over one of our players that are currently on our roster? We know what they do. We know who they are to protect this guy. Right. You know, that's the interesting thing. But um, – we're going to move on now to the Calgary Flames. And this is another one that's interesting because every single expansion draft projection I've seen has them taking the captain marcher down. Um, you know, I think that this might be the, you know, Giordano going to Calgary might be the flurry of this expansion draft because, you know, you're obviously going to protect Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson. And you're going to protect Chris Tanev because you just tied up a bunch of money in him last year, you know? And this protection list I'm looking at has the, um, has Milan Lucic waving his own movement clause to be exposed to Seattle. So mm-hmm. in that case, one of Andrew Mangiapane or Dylan Dubé are in the protection list. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to protect Dylan Dubé regardless. The one that would be on the bubble would be Mangiapane if Lucic decides to pull Kevin BX and not wait, there's no move for clubs. You know? So, what are you guys thinking about this one? Because I feel like it's there's only literally one clear-cut choice. The only other one that I could possibly think of would be uh, Oliver... Tylington might be the only other one that I would consider okay. Calgary. You know, yeah. if you're really that paranoid about losing uh, your captain and Giordano, maybe you send, maybe to get, you know, send a prospect in a pick so that way you can keep Giordano because obviously he still has some value and that maybe you can sway them to take Kylington. But other than that, it's like, like you said, Dougie, everyone seems pretty set on the fact that Giordano is going to be like the, uh, I don't want to say the face of the franchise in Seattle, but he could end up being that should they go that route. But if Calgary really wants to – if Calgary really values Giordano, I feel like they will, you know, make the right moves in order for that to happen. So, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I was just looking from, from my my take. At, I mean, I, I, I told Doug yesterday uh, about 
Lucic when I was looking at with the new movement and them trying to dump him off to Seattle uh, to try and take that five five and a quarter million dollar hit. But um, a couple of UFAs on that too, which I mean they could you know obviously have to go sign. But Derek Ryan would be a UFA from Calgary. Yeah. Um, and Josh Levo and Brett Ritchie. Uh, Michael Stone is a UFA also. I mean, there's just some options there you could throw off for, for a UFA from them. But um, I probably have to agree with the Giordano move because that's the only thing that seems like a clear-cut choice right now, other than other than like what Scotty said, trying to persuade him to take someone else. But yeah. it just has to be Giordano. You're going you're, you're gonna to need some kind of veteran face on there. And a lot of the players from any of these teams that are out there, there's not a whole lot of said veterans just uh, just basically be waiting, be, being, you know, sitting there waiting to be taken. Um, but Giordano is kind of falling in that route. So I'd have to agree with you guys on that one. Yeah. The only other thing that I would like would be them potentially signing Derek Ryan to be like their fourth line center, you know, something like that. And now we move on to the Carolina hurricanes. Um, before we get into this uh, conversation, I want you both of you to know that Marty Nietzsche is exempt from the expansion draft. So what I'm currently looking at, their, their projected protected forward list would consist of Sebastian Alho, Morgan Geeky, Nino Niederreiter, Jordan Stahl, Andrei Svechnikov, Tevo Teravainen, and our favorite player in the world, Vincent Trocek. Um, and yeah. defenseman-wise, you got Pesci, Jacob Slavin, and I hate this one, but they're protecting Brady Shea. Um. You know, which basically sets up for them to take Jake Bean. You know, like that's going to be the grand theft of this expansion draft is them taking Jake Bean. And it's going to be a damn shame because, you know, similar to how Justin Falk screwed the Blues out of being able to keep Alex Petrangelo, Brady Shea is going to cause... Or the Hurricanes, like, whatever, like, desire to have Brady Shea on this roster is going, not only going to screw them out of Dougie Hamilton, it's going to screw them out of Jake Bean as well. And it already screwed them out of Hayden Flurry. So that's, that's bad business there, my friends. That's very bad business there. I think that if – I think I see Seattle going more the Warren Fogle route, truth be told. I can see that too. Okay. Here's the thing. I feel like he's kind of getting buried in, in Carolina right now. You know, you look at his ice, he's only getting about 14 minutes a night. But as far as metrics are concerned, are concerned I'm not, you know, a huge analytics guy, but, you know, sometimes you got to factor it in. He's got great possession and goal metrics for the Hurricanes, given the fact that he is playing on a, you know, a limited amount of ice time. If you give him a chance to elevate his game and maybe even, you know, crack the top six line in Seattle, I mean, I think that's more – I think that's a better route as opposed to Jake Bean. I think he's got more of a, you know, more potential to do damage there. I feel like right now he just can't do it in Carolina because he's playing behind Sebastian Ajo and Andre Sveshnikov. So I feel like if he, I feel like that'd be a better way for Seattle to go because he can just grow into a better player there. I'm agreeing with Scotty on that. When I first looked at the list, I was like, okay, maybe Jake Bean. Um, Sveshnikov was an RFA, but obviously they're going to protect him as well as Nadelkovich. And the other one that left there was Warren Vogel. And I'm like, I was right with you there, Scotty. And like he, he's a great player. He has a lot of potential. 
you know, he he's quick, he's physical, everything you need for a good player, but he's drowned out because how many other great players are stacked on that Carolina roster that he doesn't get any any chance to prove it. So I'm I'm not gonna repeat everything that Scotty just said, but he hit the nail on the he hit the nail on the head. Uh I'm gonna go with Warren Fogel as well, Scotty. Yeah, I could see them going the Warren Fogel route. You guys know that I like Warren Fogel a lot. Um you know, I would hate for them to take him because I want the Hurricanes to kind of use him as a trade asset so that, uh, you know, you could somehow wind up in Pittsburgh on a line with Malkin, but whatever. Um, Keep dreaming, Doug. The Chicago, the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, let's see what we've got going on here. Nikita Zadora. <laughs> I don't know, man. That would be that would be something. That would be something. Either him um, or God that. One thing we got a question now is who's the other defenseman that gets protected now that Q's gone? Because it was probably going to be Keith, Stillman, and Connor Murphy, most likely. Yeah. Yeah. So now who? So now who steps into that role? I have uh, Calvin DeHaan or DeHaan. Possibly. Listen, I know Stan Bowman well enough from making fun of him for the past like ten plus years. That man is protecting Nikita Zadorov. There's no doubt in my mind he's protecting Nikita Zadorov. Um, just simply because Dehan's contract's pretty bad. You know, if they could take a bloated cap hit off of them, they they'd be in business. But um, this is the protected list I'm looking at right now in terms of forwards. You got Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom, Brandon Hazel, Henrik Borgstrom, and Adam Gaudet. So my hot take is um, – They take Colin Delia, the goalie. Let him be your number three. Let him be the guy that goes to the AHL, similar to how uh, Oscar Dance was whenever he got selected by Blue, from the Blue Jackets by Vegas. I have I have the I have him going the goalie route there too, but I was going to go with Subban instead. I think okay. it only makes sense to select the goalie here. I mean, Chicago doesn't have much to offer anywhere else. Not to mention, like you kind of said, like we kind of touched on before, you know, Subban, you know, sort of knows the ways of the expansion draft. Obviously, he didn't really get selected in the expansion draft, but he was there whenever Vegas had their inaugural season. He was the backup for Flower there. So I feel like they could just, you know, go that way again if they wanted to. Like you said, being a top three or, you know, at least being the head guy in the AHL. Yeah, the only other guy I could see them going with would be David Camp because he's a really, really good defender defensive like bottom six forward and I think with just how Ron Francis builds teams he would value that but I think that Colin Dealey is a pretty safe pick or Malcolm Subban as well uh TK what do you think buddy uh this is there's a couple of these we as I went through a lot the other night um looking at them like okay well I have no freaking idea for this team but I only thing I'm going to mention with this one, I'm going to let you guys make your picks on that. The only thing I'm going to mention is the one UFA is Finney Henestrosa. So if you really were in dire need, just go maybe sign him out of the free agency. But other than that, man, I'm kind of stuck with this one. 
All righty. The Colorado Avalanche. Oh, God. And this is going to be where the whole damn thing falls off the rails. Because I think it's pretty obvious you're going to make a trade with the Kraken yeah. for them to take Eric Johnson. Yes. You know? And a trade that I literally just made up in my head like 10 seconds ago would be like Shane Bowers in the third round pick for the right for them to take Eric Johnson because man, that's $6 million of cap space. And it's not even the fact that it's $6 million of cap space. The avalanche have too damn many defensemen than they know what to do with. And it would be a damn shame if they had to lose uh, Ryan Graves or Devon Taves because of uh, how many talented guys they have on the back end. But Johnson currently has a no movement clause. They will find a way to make him wait. It. I don't care. I I genuinely think that's what they'll do, or else they'll they'll like throw a conditional pick at them, and the condition will be like they don't touch, um, you know, any of the defensemen, and they take like JT Comfort or something. Right. You know. Yeah, I think that you know kind of getting slept on here in Colorado that could end up getting picked should they, you know, not take the, not take any trades on Eric Johnson would be uh, Jonas Donskoy. He's kind of in the same boat as Fogle in the sense that like, he's kind of in that, he's kind of in that, uh, you know, middle bottom six range. He's kind of getting buried behind the other guys. He has, he's a skilled hockey player and he's pretty smart. But the problem is, you know, he gets overshadowed by Nate McKinnon and company, you know, he can produce if he's given the opportunity he had a career high in goals last year, and he's been, you know, consistently a 30-point player throughout his career. And he can play on, you know, both special teams, whether it's the power play or the penalty kill. I think that Jonas Donskoy would be a decent option for those guys. You can honestly put him in the top six, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he could be like a Tomas Tatar type player where he just plays in the top six and kind of balls out. Um, another one I just need to say, just with everything that's been going on with him, do you expose Nazem Kadri? Yes and no. No. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the only reason I threw that out there is because, like, you know, I know that they've been trying to move him and maybe they, they're struggling to move him and they just say, screw it, we're going to expose him. There's going to come a point where a team's going to need a third-line center or they're going to need more depth up the middle. Yeah, got to hold on to that guy because eventually someone's going to cave and say, all right, Colorado, what do you want for Kadri? I feel like at some point that's going to happen. So you might as well protect him just on the off chance that, hey, you know, we will eventually find a suitor for him because if you just let him go into Seattle and get nothing for him, it's a waste. I feel like you have to at least protect him and then, you know, continue to shop him around because eventually there's going to be a team that needs him. It's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not even saying trade a new contender. I could see him going somewhere like Ottawa, you know, because he's a great player. He's a really good, like, professional guy. It's just the only thing – the only issue that he has is he gets too worked up in the playoffs. Yeah, he's not reliable. So why not go to a rebuilder and just be that guy, be like the team dad and, like, help those young guys get going? How old is Kadri? Just off, just offhand. How old is he now? I think he's like twenty nine. He's he's still young-ish. He's still young with it. 
Um, I think he was just draft. His draft year, I think, was two thousand nine. He's thirty. He turn. He'll be. He'll be thirty one in October. So okay, it's not bad. No. Um. So now we move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, Doug, real quick before you do that. What's up? Uh, what you got, buddy? Obviously, my my pick would have been even though it kills kills me and kills all of us. They're probably gonna have taken Graves, um, unless they can yeah. protect him in some way. Um, but I just, I just another name I threw in here was Kiefer Sherwood. Uh, if they played around okay. enough to get him to take him, um, it's a possibility. Um, and Grubauer and Dubnik are both UFAs, which is wild to me, but it is what it is. They didn't resign Grubauer yet, but yeah, no. Nah. The thing is with these UFAs, man, like it's so rare that they sign a contract with um the expansion team to begin with. Like the only guy in the last draft I think that signed a contract was Derek England, and he it's because he was from Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, and I like I like the idea of Kiefer Sherwood. Uh it's like a nice little off the wall depth piece. And speaking of off-the-wall depth pieces, we're going to move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets, where I'm going to tell you they're going to select the guy you all have never even heard of, at least the two of you, I would hope, think. They're going to select Kevin Stenland. Um, you know, like, there's really nothing intriguing with this team, all their good players that they have are going to be protected. So they'll go Kevin Stenland. He'll be a really good bottom six piece. You know, think like a Thomas Noshek type of player um, for Vegas, where you're just like, who the hell is this guy? And then like six months from now, you're watching the team in the playoffs and you're like, damn, this guy's pretty good. So that was my, that was my pick there too, Dougie. Cause like you said, you know, you're protecting Atkinson. You're protecting Gus Nyquist. You're protecting Lion A, Jenner, Bjorkstrand, Domi, and Roslevic. And on the back end, they're probably going to protect Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, and uh, Gavrikov. And Corpus Allo is going to be a goalie. So I think Stedlin's the perfect fit there. You know, he's versatile. He's got size. He's a competitor. He's going to be great. He's a great fourth liner. He's a great fit there in uh, Seattle, I'd say. I had a hot take. I'm just throwing this out there because Columbus is complete crap most of the time that Seattle in some way would pull move and grab Texier off that roster, but I'm not sure if it's possible. But I know he's not in a protected list right now. I don't know, man. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think he might be exempt. It's possible. Nothing's listed I'm, here. I'm, like, I'm going to look around. I'm, I'm looking real quick because – I know he's not on a protected list anywhere that I saw. Waivers exempt. I know that. He's waivers exempt. If he's waivers exempt, then he's probably expansion exempt as well. Sam would go for uh, Bemstrom, Dynakov, Greg Hoffman, and uh, Andrew Peake as well. They're all waivers exempt, so – I don't know if that goes in hand with the expansion draft or not, but. Yeah, I think that he's. um, He's going to be protected or be around in some way, shape or form. 
now we move on to all of our least favorite team. Literally just the bane of this entire show's existence. Your 2019-2020 Stanley Cup finalist, the Dallas Stars, baby. All right. Uh, Dallas, man. Um, I have absolutely no idea how the hell this is going to go. Actually, wait, I do. Jason Dickinson. He's gonna be- I think that they will. I, what? I think Dallas is going to protect him. Truthfully. Really? I do. I think they're going to protect him. I don't see that. I think they're going to – I think that uh, Seattle is going to take Hugh Dobin here. Okay. I don't I'm see – literally – I'm looking at a list right now, and Jason Dickinson is protected. So, huh, that's interesting. So I think Hugh Dobin is the obvious choice there in this scenario. He's proven that he can be a reliable starter when needed to be. I feel like, you know, he's one of the best in terms of, you know, under contract goalies. What they can do, and I have another pick for a team later on down the road. I feel like they're going to do like a 1A, 1B type deal with, you know, another goalie potentially. Like I said, we're we'll left to wait till we get further on down the road before we, uh, you know, before I say who it is, obviously. But Hugh Dobin's going to be one of those guys for sure. Yeah, this is yeah, I, would, good, I would have never thought of that. That's really off the wall there, and I like it. So go, go ahead, TK. Um, this is a tough one. I mean, I, I know I keep bringing up all the UFAs, but I'm just, you, I mean, you guys, you guys pick the ones that are really good. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to kind of agree with that. So I'm just bringing up the UFAs. Um, Alexia, Cogliano, Vatanen, and Pysik are just to name a couple of them, um, that are UFAs out of Dallas. So, uh, those are also, you know, something to think about just, you know, again, signing them, you'd have to do that. Um, Another one that I don't know if he's exempt or not, he might be, is Kivi Ranta. Um, I don't know if he's exempt. I don't think he's exempt, but I don't think they would take him. Yeah, I don't know. He's not on any protected lists anywhere, so. Yeah. Just an option. Kivi Ranta is waivers exempt. Is he? Yeah. All right. So, you guys ready to move on here? Detroit Red Wings. Evgeny hmm. Svechnikov. Yep. That's pretty much the pick. Um, literally, so like I'm looking at this and notable unprotected players, Evgeny Svechnikov, Giovanni Smith, and Gustav Lindstrom. And it's like the most proven one out of the three is probably Evgeny Svechnikov, even though we all know he's so unproven. It's ridiculous. What was that last one you said, Dougie? Gustav Lindstrom. I think that Detroit will protect him and Smith, actually. I think he'll protect both those guys. And I think my pick for Detroit was uh, Vladislav Domestikov. Okay. Because that's a fourth contract that you can, you know, that you can, you know, send off to a contending team that needs some depth. So, I mean, maybe. Throughout, they can go with it potentially. I don't know, but I I, I don't think you know Nemestikov is going to be a guy that sticks around. Just depending on how the season goes for Seattle, I feel like that's a guy you can just dump off on another team because I got to check his mm-hmm. uh, his cap hit here. Yeah, he's only making two million dollars this year. So yeah, you need a depth piece on the wing or maybe even at center if you want to go that route. Not a bad mm-hmm. option to have there. Just something to think about. 
Yeah, it's it's tough with um, some of these guys that I just said they're going to be unprotected because um, the list I'm looking at, they, they have Michael Rasmussen protected because he's an unproven commodity. And Adam Ernie in the next couple of weeks here, he's going to get signed to a multi-year contract extension in Detroit. So he's going to be protected as well. Um, you know, their list is pretty rock solid, especially on defense. You got Philip Hironic, Troy Stetcher, and Dennis, Dennis Cholowski. All three of those guys are guys you're going to end up building around. And I think that uh, Troy Stetcher is well on his way to being a top-tier defenseman, uh, finally. So, you know, I mean, it's just – it's tough when you get to these teams that are, like, this bad because, like, you're looking at it and you're just like, there's really nothing here. They're just going to pick somebody that – some random scout they hired believes in and that's just going to be how that cookie crumbles. You know, TK, do you have anything else to add with this one? I only had one other player that was just on the, on the bubble. I don't think they're ever going to look at him, but uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name to be honest. Christian DeJuice or whatever his name is. Christian juice. Yeah. yeah. He's, he was an option. It's not protected. You know, he's an RFA. It's an option, but I don't think Seattle's going to look at him. I was originally on your pick, Doug, with Svestikov, but then Scotty brought up his good point with with Nemestikov. So I'm not, I'm, I'm on, I'm on, a, I'm on a fence with both of your picks here. I'm like right riding that line in between your screens of Zoom right here. <laughs> Who to go with? But that's all I got for that. Yeah. Now we're going to move on to the Edmonton Oilers, and Ooh. you know. Um, protectionless flip-flop. We have a one-for-one trade in the Chicago Blackhawks protected list and the Edmonton Oilers protected list of Duncan Keith for Caleb Jones. So Duncan Keith will end up being protected in this um, thing. And um, I'm going to go goalie here. Stuart Skinner. Hmm. I could see him being one because, like, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is protected now because he just signed that extension. Um, you know, let me see who would come off their protected list. Um, Jujar Kara, maybe, could be an option. Um it's funny, this list has them protecting Josh Archibald, which I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> you know, it kind of freaks me out, makes me mad a little bit. But I would think it would be either Jujar Kara or um, Stuart Skinner. You know, because with Stuart Skinner, it's a guy you can put in the AHL and have him be your AHL starter. See, I'm going the other way. I'm protecting Stuart Skinner. I feel like I'd rather lose a uh, lose a Miko Koskinen or a, or an Alex Stalock as opposed to him. That's just my preference. Maybe I'm just crazy, but I don't know. Uh, one guy that I one name that I did see pop up here. I want to run by you guys here. Uh, William Lagason. Lagason. Is okay. that how you say that? That could be one yeah. option. I mean, I don't know what kind of deal you'd have to. I mean, I'm assuming you're gonna have to offer a deal to make that work. I don't know what it would be offhand, but I feel like if you were going to offer up a sacrifice, that would be the one. 
you know, he's flexible. You know, they, they could have some flexibility with a 25 year old defenseman. That's just one name that I saw that could potentially happen. Um, the one that I had, I know Peyton would have a little crying moment right now if um, he was in here because he had a great love for this player when he was a former Penguin. Uh, was Don Cahoon. Doug, oh, I brought, okay. brought that up to you last night. Um, he's moved around a good bit. You know, he's he's pretty familiar with moving cities right now, but you know, he's not he's not one of the top guys with Baron Edmondson. You know, he's he's playing, but he's not anywhere near saying, Okay, well, we definitely want to take definitely want to keep this guy. You know, he's just willing to move just like he did from Pittsburgh to Buffalo and from Buffalo to here. You know, so I, I could definitely see Cahoon being up for up for the taking. And I think Seattle would definitely have a thought about hey, you know, this this could be a decent, decent move for us. And uh Cahoon could be on on his way to Seattle. Yeah. I I actually take back my pick because I, I like the Dom Cahoon thing a lot more, especially for an expansion team like Seattle. Moving forward, the Florida Panthers. Whew. I see no way in hell they don't sign Chris Rieger. I think that he's the guy because there's not really a whole lot of, you know, like a defenseman you could take could be Gustav Forslund, who's a good young depth puck moving defenseman. And then like, you know, Mason Marchment and Noel Achari are both going to be exposed as well. So maybe one of those two, but. Outside of that, I think that uh, Chris Rieger is the obvious one. So here's going to be my hot take. I have Seattle taking Keith Yandel, and let me explain why. I'm ready. It's clear that Keith Yandel doesn't want to be in Florida anymore. He's getting benched by uh, by his coach. He was benched in the playoffs, so I feel like he'd be willing to waive his no-movement clause – so that we can go somewhere and have a bigger role, which he would should he go to Seattle. With that being said, like you mentioned, they have a goalie named Chris Drieger, who's pretty good. So you're going to want to hold on to him. So what are you willing to give up? You're going to give Seattle your 2021 first round pick. I think that's what it would have to take in order to make that work. Okay. Um, my pick was – was going to be Lucas Walmart, but um, I mean, you got a couple of UFAs out there. You know, Gusev's out there at a UFA. He's exempt. Um, is he? Yeah, um, but for whatever reason, he's exempt. Yeah. And then Montour and Wenberg are also UFAs. Wenberg would be decent. Yeah, but he's a UFA. Yeah. So you have to sign. But if I'm picking off of somebody that's able to be taken right now, it's an RFA. Um, it was either Forsling or Walmart, and I was just going with Walmart. That's all I have for that. All right, let's move on to the Los Angeles Kings. Oh, boy. This one is another one where, you know, it's pretty bleak as to where they could go with this. Um, there are no UFAs, just so we're all clear. 
I'm on a project. I'm looking at a projected protected list right now. And we got Andreas Afanasiu, Dustin Brown, Carl Grundstrom, Alex Iafalo, Adrian Kempe, Anzi Kopitar, and Leafs legend Trevor Moore. Did you say Arvidsson? Or no? Arvidsson would, would slide in here. I would take Moore off and put our Arvidsson on. Okay. Um, I'd take Afanasiu off and put Arvidsson on. Just me. I like that. Okay. Drew Doughty, Matt Roy, and Sean Walker are your protected guys. And then Cal Peterson would be your goalie. The guy I have them taking here is Austin Wagner. Really good physical fourth line left winger. Um, I think that he would fit well in Seattle. And again, it's one of those things, man, where when you get into an expansion draft and you're taking from 30 other teams, not every guy you're going to get is going to be a stud. So my pick here would be Austin Wagner. I think he'd be decent depth for them. And, you know, like I said, it's just it's tough to predict what's going on there, you know? I'm going to go with the defense. What do you guys think? They have this uh, this kid, Kale Clegg. I think that's how you say the name, right? Yeah. Kale Clegg. I mean, talk about a, a huge potential, you know, face of your decor if you really wanted to go there. Everywhere he's been at, he's been a contributor on the blue line. You know, he was a WHL defenseman of the year back in 2017-18. He was an AHL All-Star 2019-20. There's a lot of potential for him to develop into a useful defenseman. And I think he'd get the chance to do the same at the NHL level should he go with the Seattle Kraken. Seeking any thoughts on that one? Yeah. Um, what went on with the camera there? We'll get it back in a minute. But uh, I had a wild take of Jared Anderson Dolan. I don't know if he was still with the Kings or not, if he moved. Um, but I had that being the pick for Seattle. I don't know if it sounds stupid or not, but that was my pick. Yeah, I, I like the Kill Clegg thing that um, – Scotty brought up because last week, whenever we had Jordy Cunningham on, we were literally just talking about how um, Todd McClellan hasn't been given um, Kale Clegg a run at the NHL level. Uh, he's been using Mikey Anderson a lot more. And, you know, I could see that being something. Um, now we're going to move on to the Minnesota Wild. And, with the wild, you're looking defense, you know, it's a coin flip between, and it basically comes on to who they protect, you know, it's going to either be Carson Susie or Matt Dumba. I'm going the Matt. Um, That's where I'm going. I like the Matt Dumba pick. I think that Matt Dumba would be sick here um, for, for the Kraken. you know, a guy who could probably be an assistant captain right away and be, a very underrated like face of your franchise. He's going to be the if, if they do go the Dumba route, he's the steal of the draft. One hundred percent, like he is the Shea Theodore of the draft. He's you know he played his junior hockey in Portland. He can play top minutes if you need him to. If you put him in the right situation, he can have he can have a ten and thirty year. I really think he could. Yeah. So I think Dumba's the obvious choice there. And real quick before you know before I get lost, obviously, I saw a report 
just sticking with Minnesota. I saw a report that uh, Dollar Bill Kirill turned down an eight-year offer worth about $9 million annually from the Wild. I mean, what do you think he's do – you, does he think he's worth more than that? Or, I mean, that's that's a lot of coin to say no to. You're, you're, you're young. You got to take that. I think it's the term. I think he wants more of like a four or five year deal and not to be locked into something that long. Um, because you got to keep in mind, he's older. Like he's like 24, 25, right? Mm-hmm. He signs an eight year deal with Minnesota. He's basically locking himself into Minnesota for the rest of his career. And I don't know. I mean, as much as I love watching the wild play and how different they've been since they had since Fiala and Carrillo came onto the scene. I wouldn't make a commitment to Minnesota Wild for eight years. So, you know, I get it. Um, that Joel Erickson, that contract, though, that, buddy, that is, that is beautiful, beautiful yep. stuff right there. Just fucking chef's kiss. Phenomenal contract. But, um, you know, do you guys have anything else to add? I was agreeing with Matt Dumba, so. Yeah, Matt I Dumba. think it's going to be Matt Dumba. Matt Dumba is the guy. Now we move on to the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, God. And, you know, I think they all – I think they signed Jake Allen to that extension last summer with the intention of him going to the Kraken. I don't know. I think that that, that might be something that goes on here. Because just like a lot of teams um, that we've talked about so far, most of their good players are exempt for the most part, you know? So it's, it's tough to really think about, you know, who they could protect. I'm looking right now. Um, you know, like protection list on forwards, Brendan Gallagher, Josh Anderson, Jonathan Drouin, Toffoli, Arteri and Jake Evans, and Jasperi Kakanyemi. Because um, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Ryan Paling are all exempt. Um, they don't need to be protected. And then defense, you got Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, and Ben Chirot. Kerry Price would be the goalie, obviously. And Alexander Romanov is exempt, you know? Like, all your big, young guys are exempt. Um, another underrated one that might be somebody is um, Kale Fleury. Um, you know, young defensive prospect who just barely makes the expansion exposure requirements who could potentially be taken but if i were if i were the canadians i'd expose ben Sherratt and protect kale flurry so what do you guys think so i i have a little more value in jake allen for some reason because i think he did show flashes of brilliance this year and you know there's not always a guarantee that carry price is always going to be healthy and you need a good thing and you need someone to fall back on i think that's a great option to have so I think 
you send two picks to the Kraken in order for them to take Paul Byron. Buddy, okay. Just okay. because they do, like you said, like you, I forget the the guy's name you just said. Remind me again, the one, the young one that was, you know, still on the Kale list. Flurry. Yeah, Kale Flurry. Again, it's another guy you'd be scared to lose. I'd be willing to part ways with Paul Byron, but not any of those other guys. So maybe you got to throw a couple picks Seattle's way to get them to take on that, uh, take a him on. That's probably the only way I'd see that going down. My way was trying to sign a um, because as I mentioned to you guys before the show, Thomas Tatar does not want to come back to Montreal. I know that's a big contract though for Seattle to try and try and sign and take on though. Um, Phil Deneau is not set on coming back to Montreal. Um, Joe Armia isn't either. And you still have Eric Gustafson, um, John Merrill, and Eric Stahl. That'll be UFAs. Yeah, I agree. Now, this is where we get to a fun one because we're going to move on to a team here who might be our first team that you – uses the eight forward one goalie protection. And that is the Nashville Predators. Um, looking at a list right now, it's they're doing eight, eight and one. So it's Phil at forward, you got Phil Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Luke Cunning, and Cal Yarncroke. Obviously that may be subject to change because we all know that Cal Yarncroke has been in trade talks recently and could be moved within the next week or so before the expansion draft. And on defense, you got Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matias Ekholm, Dante Fabro. And your goaltender would be UC Soros. But, you know, Matt Duchesne is out there for the taking, for the Kraken, potentially. Um, you know, that could be somebody who could be, you know, and another good one that they could take, um, Colton Sissons. You know, he's a really, really good bottom six forward on a uh, decent contract. You know, he's kind of on a, like a Brandon Tanev type, type contract where it's a lower cap hit or a manageable cap hit for a bunch of years, though. So that might be something that they do. Um, I don't know what you guys are thinking. I'm thinking center, too, but I'm thinking Ryan Johansson. Okay. Yeah, he's got the $8 million cap pit. That's obviously going to be, you know, that's obviously going to take its toll. But he's turning 29 at the end of July. You need to market a guy. I think he'll be just fine in Seattle's top six for the next few seasons. Even though he had a down year in Nashville this year, I think he'd still produce and be the number one center in Seattle. I think he's, uh, you know, he's reliable defensively. And if you need a team leader, that's a guy you want there. I honestly think he could be an integral part of that, of the crack. And I think he has those, you know, little intangibles that maybe Matt Duchesne doesn't offer. That's just my take though. This one was tough for me. Um, I agree with, you know, Duchesne, uh, Johansson's a nice look there, Scotty. Um, I was looking at, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of people like the list that I had, they were protecting three forwards, five defensemen and a goalie. Um, and only forwards were Forsberg, Yarncroke, and, and Cunning. Um, and we already looked at Yarncroke's receiving calls, you know, or possibly um, for trade. So 
he might not even be on there. A player I didn't see on the list, I don't know, Doug, if you mentioned on your list or not, I, didn't, I don't, quite, don't quite remember, was uh, Tolvanen. I don't even remember him, mentioned him on your list or not. He's exempt. Is he exempt? Okay. Um, exempt, yeah. A bunch of UFAs, obviously, again, you have out there. Granlin's a UFA. Um, I don't know. I like Granlin for some reason just because he's so freaking fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Hala is a UFA. And Pecorine is a veteran goaltender, but I don't think they're going anywhere anywhere towards signing Pecorine. So, yeah, I I agree with that. Um, you know, another interesting one that we got to talk about is the New Jersey Devils. Um, I'm looking at a protection list right now where PK Subban is left exposed, but a lot of the talk throughout things that I've seen on Twitter. YouTube videos, things of that nature. Will Butcher will be exposed and he will be taken by the crack. Thoughts on that, guys? I was thinking more of the Michael McLeod route. He's kind of similar to Stenlin in the sense that, you know, he's going to bring some offense to the fourth line this year. He had nine goals. He had nine goals with the Devils this year and kind of impressed me, you know, in that sense, even though there wasn't much to cheer about for in New Jersey, I feel like that's a good depth piece to have. So if you have a little bit off, if you have that, you know, that offensive output on the fourth line, you'll take that and you'll be happy with it. So I think Mike McLeod would be the way to go for New Jersey. My question for my pick before I even say anything is Nick Merkley exempt. No, Nick Merkley, I'm looking at on this list, Nick Merkley is exposed because Michael McLeod is protected. And that's my pick. Nick Murphy is my pick. Yeah, I think I could. You could see him being somebody that the crack can take a chance on because, you know, he was a high draft player, had a cup of coffee with like a team or two, and just moved around a lot in a bunch of different trades. So, I could see him being somebody that the crack and would look at and look to take a chance on. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just one of those teams that's weird because, like, you know, you have guys like Igor Sharangovich who had a breakout season that now, like, you have to protect, you know? Like, he came into this season as a bubble guy, and he's, he was phenomenal. So, anything else that you guys want to add? That's all you got. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> the New York Islanders. Um, this one is – interesting because there's so many no movement clauses on this roster it is ridiculous um you know i think that they're going to make a trade where they take they give it like a pick to seattle for them to select a certain player to to avoid you know losing somebody big like i don't know um like somebody that's that could be exposed here that is a big part of their future, but they don't have to never like is Kiefer Bellows. Yeah. You know, Kiefer Bellows, Otto Koivla also exposed. You know, these are like big prospects for them that have been doing a lot of quality things in Bridgeport that look like they're a part of the team's future, but you know, so like this is the protected list I'm looking at right now. You got Brock Nelson, Eberle, Barzell, J.G. Pajot, Bailey, Bovillier, and Anders Lee. 
And then on defense, you got Pellick and Pollock, Scott Mayfield, and Semyon Varlama in goal. Because Sorokin's exempt and um, you know, I mean, dude, like this is this is an interesting one because also Michael Dalcall would be exposed to Seattle. Like a lot of really good young guys. And um big thing that came out today is that the New York Islanders are trying to shop Nick Letty. So who's to say that Nick Letty doesn't somehow find his way in Seattle? I would like them to sign one of the UFAs, but that's just me. I think I think you're gonna switch out somebody with Josh Bailey and leave him exposed. And I think Seattle takes Josh Bailey. You know, interesting. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah, he's got the expensive cap hit. He's at five million over the next three seasons. But you can't question his playmaking ability and you can't mm-hmm. question his leadership. I think that's something that you can help grow a franchise with. So I see Josh Bailey potentially ending up in Seattle. Like I was mentioning with the UFA is I would I would like a obviously I feel like I'm a broken record keep mentioning UFAs, but um Casey Sizikis is a UFA. Don't know if any of these players are exempt or not. Um Travis Zajac carries a big hit. He's older as well, but he's also a UFA. Andy Green's a UFA. It's more that veteran um on that roster. Braden Coburn um and Kyle Palmieri. I feel like Kyle Palmieri would fit decently on that roster, but again, UFA. I could see Everly somehow going though for just for some wild reason. Some trade happens and Everly goes. Yeah, I could see that too. Um, to move on here, the New York uh, the New York Rangers. Um, again, another team with a bunch of young forwards, a bunch of young guys that are exempt. You know. Like every big guy you can think of is exempt, including Adam Fox. So Fox, Miller, Shesterkin, Lafreniere, and Capitaco are all exempt. That is phenomenal stuff right there for the uh, Rangers. But I think that the player they end up taking would be Brett Howden. Um, He's going to end up being exposed. He didn't have the best season this year with the Rangers. if you look at anything from metrics to shot numbers, shot suppression numbers, things of that nature, he's not good. He hasn't had good returns thus far at the beginning of his NHL career. So, you know, and obviously, you know, they say notable exposed like Tony D'Angelo, but like, no shit. Like, he's going to get bought out. He's going to go to Russia and go do whatever the hell it is that he does there, you know? So, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Brett Howden. I think Brett Howden's the guy. Um, the only other guy that might potentially um, come in would be Colin Blackwell. But Colin Blackwell had such a great year this year that I think they protect him over Brett Howden. I think that's the guy they end up taking, truth be told. Okay. I think he's the most appealing Rangers option, you know, because here's the thing that you got to think about too. That's another guy where it's kind of like Nemestikov where you can flip him to a contender and he's cheap depth. 
his cap hits only 700 grand. Yeah, he's making league men, baby. Yeah. So you don't even have to keep him. You can send him to a contender in in March. So that's something else to think about, too. Thinking long term. This was one of the teams that wanted to see, just like just like Chicago. This is my second team that I'm like cross cross me out on because every player that I would have said is either you know protected or exempt, um, or I guess well exempt because I knew the ones that were going to be protected. But so I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck here. Um, if Kreider didn't have a no movement clause, I'd say maybe they try to something would happen to get him out of there. But I don't know. I'm a little stuck there, so I'm, I'm I'm pretty much done with that one. All right, on to the Ottawa Senators now. Um, again, another team that's kind of like a coin flip. Um, notable goalies that will be exposed for them are probably going to be Matt Murray and Joey Decord. Um, or no, not Matt Murray. I think they'll protect Matt Murray and Philip Gustafson will be exposed. Um. I think they're going to protect Gustafson and, and leave Murray exposed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can uh, I can live with that. But the, the guy who I think the pick is here is going to be Chris Tierney. Same. Same. Um, you know, he can be a really good quality third-line center for you. And, again, you know, if things don't work out in Seattle right away, he can be somebody you ship out at the deadline uh, to a contender, and he can be a good bottom six forward for you. Exactly. He's a guy who can play all three, four positions. And like you said, Dougie, solid trade bait if Seattle wants to sell at the trade deadline next year. You know, he's perfect for a middle six role on a young team. I'm with you guys on that. So we're all, we're all in a good consensus on Tierney for Ottawa. We can, we can go ahead. <laughs> all righty. So now we move on to the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Jakob Voracek. It's going to be Jake Voracek, I think. Um, I know that they've been talking about moving him, and I think that he could be one of those rare, like, shock and awe type of things, like where it's like, holy hell, this guy's going to Seattle. Or this guy got left unprotected. I think that he might be one of the guys that uh, go to go there. I'm going to go defense here. I'm going to go with uh, Philippe Myers. Nice. Okay. Some great possession numbers for a Flyers team that was uh, pretty underwhelming last year. And he's got that attractive contract coming at uh, 2.55 for the next two years. So I think that's another option to go to there. That's an interesting one. The list I had had him uh, being protected as well. Um, But again, every list is different. So you never know. Um, my original pick was, was before we you know got into it more, and um, I made this pick way back because this been the player has been talked about for other teams as well with Scott Lawton, but looking right now he's gonna be protected. Um, so in that case, uh, I'd go ahead and go with the Voracek option. Um, but Scott Lawton was my original pick. Yeah, it's. You know, Philly's one of those teams. It's going to be interesting. Um, I'm curious to see what happens with Jake Voracek because that's, you know, another one like Duchesne. Like Duchesne and Johansson, both in Nashville, might be one of one of the two guys that end up on Seattle. Contract's very inflated, but the player is still very good. 
Um, he can still provide value for you. He can be one of the very few legitimate top line wingers that you can select in this expansion draft. And speaking of legitimate top line wingers that might be up for grabs for Seattle, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, you know, there is growing suspicion that Jason Zucker is the guy. And he's one of those guys, like, dude, I genuinely believe Jason Zucker could come into this team day one, be their captain. Um, just with how, just with the type of player that he is. And even you know, if you have Jordano. Guy, I mean, but if they don't take Jordano, I could see Zucker being the captain day one of the crack because he is. I mean, dude, he's he's just he's a phenomenal locker room guy. He's a great person. Um, him and his wife Carly do amazing things in the community, and uh, Seattle would be the city of Seattle would be blessed to have both of them um, help represent their brand and their hockey team. Um, but uh, shit, I'm actually getting sad right now. <laughs> like I, dude, like I genuinely like like you guys know how hard I've been pushing for Jason Zucker. Uh, to be good in Pittsburgh, but like, it's just, it's not working, you know, other options, other ways they could go. Um, Teddy Bluger could end up, you know, that's the one in the back of my mind that I'm hoping for or wild one that I saw today from the boys at evolving hockey. They have the Kraken taking Mike Matheson. My soul would leave my body. I don't think it's going to happen. But, I said that's Dougie's wet dream right there. Is that they took my Dude, like legit. Because, like, you got to think of all the stuff it sets up. It keeps Pedersen and Marino together. You have the entire Bluger line, and you can use Jason Zucker as a trade asset. Would be nice. And, and when we talk about Jason Zucker being used as a trade asset, Vladimir Tarasenko, come on down. Well, like you said, though, yeah, I feel like Jason Zucker's going to Seattle. I feel like he will bounce back because obviously he had to deal with a lot of injuries this year. You know, that's the thing that I think a lot of people forget when they talk about him. You know, he's going to be in Seattle's top six. He's only 29 years old, but that's a guy you can that can put up 40 points in a season for you. You know, he can play your top three lines and your power play. He's defensively responsible, and most of all, he wants to win. That's what's important to him. Like that's why it's such a great addition for Seattle there. So, yeah, I mean, like we've seen it so many times, like where, you know, the guy might not have been scoring goals, but like just balls to the wall in the back check, just playing every game like it's game seven of the Stanley Cup final. You know, it's crazy. Um, TK, do you have anything to add? I threw out Aston Reese before, and that's about all I have in addition to that. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Aston Reese has been talked about, I feel like, for most of the past year in terms of a guy who could potentially go to Seattle. Even more so now knowing that Jeff Carter needs to be protected. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I would, you, you guys know that I would, I would hate to lose Aston Reese. Like, I would probably be a wreck if they lost Zach Aston Reese because of how good he is defensively and the fact that – you know, people don't like giving him his due, but he's literally the quarterback of that fourth line. Everything runs through him. You know? 
now we're going to move on to the Saint, the, the San Jose Sharks. And really, I think it comes down to two guys, um, one forward and one defense, defensive. It's either going to be Dylan Gambrell or Adam Steiner. Um, I think that they lean more Gambrell here because he's a younger guy and that he could be, you know, he could be one of those guys like William Carlson where it's an unproven commodity and he just reaches his potential and becomes a great player. So I have, what do you guys think? I have, there's this prospect that I saw, this kid, uh, Jonathan Dolan. Okay. He, uh, he's 23 years old. He's a winner, and he had 71 points in 45 games last year for Timra. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that or not, but it's a team over in Sweden. Mm-hmm. At this point, why not, you know, why not take a chance on that? I think it's intriguing. Maybe he's a little bit older, but I figure why not? I don't think the Sharks expose anyone noteworthy. I think that's a guy that's worth taking a chance on at least. So, my one, my one list had him projected which was wild. Um, but then I had – my pick was Ryan Donato. Yeah, I could see that. I think they'll protect him before they tech protect Dolan. I agree. We shall see. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, the St. Louis Blues. And – would you believe it or not, this expansion draft that I, this protection list I'm looking at, at has Vladimir Tarasenko exposed? Mine has it protected, but I think he's going to be exposed. Yeah, mine's protected too. Um, guys, notable guys that are exposed would be like, they have Oscar Sunquist exposed. That could be, protected, you know. I would have protected Sunquist. It's tough, though, because, like, obviously you have O'Reilly, Shen, Perron, and then, like, you get into it, like, a couple, like, younger bubble guys, but, like, really important guys to your team, right? You have, like, um, Sammy Blay, Ivan Barbashev, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. You know, those are all guys that they probably can't afford to lose for nothing. I'd protect um, Cairo. Yeah. Did you say protect Thomas over Cairo? I'd say protect both of them. Oh, yeah, I, w- I would protect both of them too. Um, because I think that out of all the young guys that came up for uh, St. Louis in that uh, 2018 Cup run, Jordan Cairo can be better than all. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Obviously, Krug, Falk, and Pareko are the guys that are exposed. Um, I really think Oscar Sundquist is the pick here because part of me believes that Vladdy wouldn't waive his no movement clause to go to Seattle. If he's or both the trade and one's out. Or St. Louis isn't going to, you know, crap away a return they could potentially get out of it. I think St. Louis will, I think Seattle will take Zach Sanford and Zach Sanford will have the same impact on the Kraken that Alex Tuck has on Vegas. I like I that. That's all another, so. another guy we're forgetting about would be Vince Dunn. Mm. You know, he, he'd be an intriguing option. Um, he's somebody that is, can be a really, really good NHL defenseman. Just, he hasn't had 
a fair go yet in the league, you know? And now uh, we move on to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, what are you guys thinking? Uh, it's going to be Tyler Johnson. I think they're going to throw a pick or a prospect along with them so that it ends up being Tyler Johnson because, you know, as it sits right now, he's like your fourth line forward, your fourth line center. And $5 million for the next four or five years to be a fourth line center, ain't it? I ignore every offer the Tampa Bay throws at you and you take Cal Foot. Interesting. He's he's in? Like, he's actually – Yeah. He's not ex- – wow. No, he's – Okay. Incredible. Because here's the thing. You know, I heard some people say, oh, try and get him to take on McDonough. McDonough's got that no trade clause. So, yeah. unless he's willing to waive it, what other options do you have? Because you're probably – because you're protecting – You're protecting Sergachev and you're protecting mm-hmm. Chernak. Most likely. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, you know, my big thing is, is like the Lightning have stuff to offer to the Kraken. It's just a matter of, you know, will they take it and is it worth the Lightning doing it? Because as it sits right now, the Lightning have probably the most um, NHL-ready goalie prospect in uh, Hugo Ongefeldt. And, you know, I could see Taylor Radish being an intriguing option in a trade for, like, compensation for the Kraken as well. Um, not really sure, though. But um, moving on, we're going to get into the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think when you're looking at the Maple Leafs, you're probably looking at, de- at a defenseman because they're going to protect Muzzin, Wiley, and um, TJ Brody. That leaves Travis Dermott and Justin Hall both exposed. We're both pretty damn good third-pairing defensemen, um, you know, even on a bad day when you think of Justin Hall. So what do you guys think? I'm going to go forward here, and I'm going to go with Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, that could be. He's played behind Matthews. He's played behind Tavares. It's time for him to shine. And you can always use more depth at center. So why not? I mean, he could literally slot in and be their number two center, even their number one potential. Um, He does. Yeah, he's he's just he's so underrated. He's great defensively too. Um, I could definitely see them looking at uh, Alex Kerfoot, especially because with that inflated cap hit of three and a half million, that's a lot of wiggle room for the Maple Leafs that they they normally wouldn't have. So, yep. I could see it. And Dermot, Travis Dermott was my pick. Okay, I mean I, that's what'd you say? I see. I can see Toronto protecting Dermot. Should be told. Yeah. I think it's. I think Toronto's going to be one of those weird teams where, like, they do the four-four-one, where they go Matthews, Tavares, Marner, and Nylander for your forwards, and then Riley, Muzzin, Brody, and Dermot for your defensemen, 
and then you protect Jack Campbell. I think that I, I I think that if they did if they did that route, I think they would for some reason take and protect Hall over Dermot. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's one of those things, man, where it's like Dermot and Hall are both big like guys of Kyle Dubas. But like Justin Hall is Dubas's main success story. You know, like he was, I mean, he was, he was the, the, such a late bloomer. You know, he didn't really come onto the scene until the uh, Marlies won the Calder Cup in 17 or in 16 or 17, whichever year that was, I forget. And, um, and then he just turned into a really solid NHL defenseman. Um, so I don't know. I could see the four four one protection though because um, they don't have to protect Hyman. That's that's big. So I like the four four one protection system there for the uh, Maple Leafs. Now the Vancouver Canucks. I think they're going to do another young off the wall player and take Cole Limp. What do you guys think? Well, remember when I said earlier how Hudoba was going to be part of the 1A, 1B goalie tandem? Braden Holtby. Bring on Braden Holtby. He's heading into a contract year. You know he's going to be motivated to earn some more money, get another, get, get another payday. Him and Hudobin would be a solid tandem to have. Yeah. You can get you can win some games with that with those two in net. Yeah, and just from, like, Vancouver's perspective, Mikey DiPietro is ready. You know, like, he's ready to go. Um, I mean, I mean, dude, like, I think that he could pass up Dumco within a year and a half. So, I want that. I need that. Uh, give me Braden Holtby to the crack and just for my own personal bias. And honestly, Dougie, I think you was. I think the Canucks are better off protecting Cole Lind as opposed to you know someone else. Truth be told, I don't think you leave him up for exposure. I don't disagree. Um, Chance. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because you got to think of it this way. Because we were talking about last week with Jordy, where they might use JT Miller as a center, and if. You put Cole Lind on that line with JT Miller, you could get some pretty interesting results, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I I agree that Holtby's going to be the pick. Um, now we move on to the Washington Capitals. Um, this one's going to be interesting because they have a couple UFAs. Um, it does. What's up? Real quick, um, my just to let you know, my the list that I was looking at, yeah, did not have Quinn Hughes protected, and I was like, what the heck? He's probably exempt. Okay, yeah. mine doesn't have that either, so I'm guessing he's yeah, he's exempt. Okay, go ahead, Doug. Let's go for the Capitals. You're good. Um, you know, Ov is going to wait to sign a contract until after the expansion draft. That'll give them an extra protection slot. Um, Doesn't that leave him eligible, though? No. I mean, you got to think of it this way, though, dude. Is Alex Ovechkin really going to sign a contract with the Seattle Kraken? 
There's no way. There's no way. He could sign somewhere There's else, no though. But you got to understand, he has to agree to the contract first. Right. They're, like, he's going to cycle back with the Capitals before he does anything, I would think. So this is the projected protection list I'm looking at right now. we got Nick Backstrom, Lars Eller, um, everyone's favorite upstanding citizen of Genny Kuznetsov, Anthony Mantha, TJ Oshie, Connor Sherry, and another upstanding citizen in Tom Wilson. Um, if Seattle put Tom Wilson, I'd probably just punch my – throw my head through a wall. On defense, you got John Carlson, Dimitri Orlov, and Justin Schultz, which I don't like that. I, I'm calling BS. I consider Dylan those guys out Brendan Dillon. Yeah, exactly. Brendan Dillon should be protected. The truth is I'd go as far as leaving Schultz and Orlov both exposed and protecting Brendan Dillon and Michael Pentman. You know? Um, notable exposed players, though, Daniel Sprong. No. I think, you know, you got Nick Dowd, Carl Hag- – well, you got the entire fourth line. Dowd, Haglin, and Hathaway. You have Chara, but he's a veteran. Yeah, he's a free agent, so that's probably not going to happen. Um Nick Dowd. Yeah. You know, I think that that could be. Or another one. Vitek Vanacek. You're protecting him. I don't they think I protect him. So no. Mm, no, I don't think so. So I feel more comfortable with Vanacek than I do. Samson, Samson off of the capitals. That's just me. I know. I know. Vanacek was the guy going into the postseason. If he didn't hurt himself in that first game against Boston, you know, I don't know how drastic the how drastic the difference would be. But still, I feel like that's the guy you got to protect over Samsonov, in my opinion. I think that the guy Seattle's going to end up taking is Nick Jensen. Okay. Great shot blocker, and like I and just referring back to my earlier pick with Keith Yandel, that would be a great that would be a great unit to have right there a tandem of Jensen and Keith Yandel. You can make that work. My pick was Vanacek, so. Because I haven't protected Samsonov. Yeah. So now we're on to our last one. Last but not least. The Winnipeg Jets. Um This is tough, you know. This is one of those teams that they're very unpredictable. Um, right now, I'm looking at an ex- a protection list. Um, the guys that have protected are obviously Wheeler, Shifley, Ehlers, Connor, and Pierre-Luc Dubois. And then the other two are Mason Appleton and Andrew Kopp. I would switch out Mason Appleton with Adam Lowry. Lowry's a free agent, though. I'd be willing so, to. I'd be willing to split ways with. I'd be willing to let Appleton go as opposed to him. Yeah, I think. Um, 
Well, a lot of the Seattle mocks that I've been looking at throughout the regular season had them taking Mason Appleton. So I think that he'd be my guy. Um, You know, the only other, you know, attractive option that would be out there would be Logan Stanley. Yeah, it's going to come down to those. Um, Yeah. And either way, it's going to suck losing either of them because they're both still very young and they have a lot of potential that they still need to tap into. Exactly. Appleton is just, you know, scratching the surface of how good he can be offensively. He's fast. He can chip in from an offensive standpoint, and he can shut down your your opponent's top players. Obviously, there are still some parts of his game that he needs to iron out, but truth be told, that's a, that's a guy you could build a third line around right there. I got, I got two hot takes for you for both of you guys for this one. Um, Matthew Perot was one hot take. Um, and then I don't I don't know if it's Forbort or what his name actually is, but he was my other hot take. They're both yeah, they're both UFAs. Yep. They weren't on my list, so I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, they're both UFAs. And Dougie. Um, just checking right now with Adam Lowry. Um, yeah. You say he was a free agent? I thought he was. Is he I not? Think, no, he's locked. I think he's he's locked up for the next five years. I don't know if he just signed a contract recently or not, but, yeah, he's locked up for the next five. He signed one right before the deadline. At 3.25, and he's got the modified no-trade clause to go with it. So. Yeah, so that's who I'd protect – um, or that then Lowry has to be protected in some way, shape, or form. Yep, somebody has to be like in that case, might Mason Appleton is the sacrifice, yeah. Um, but what you guys were saying about Zach Sanford being the Alex Tuck of the uh Kraken, Mason Appleton's my guy. I think that he's going to be the one who is a stud and kind of just comes onto the scene, and everybody, like in hindsight, is going to be like, wow, why did the Jets do that? So, yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? You want to touch on the Duncan Keys trade real quick? Yeah, we might as well. I mean, well, what was the uh, what was the, I guess the source that that you read that made you really laugh out loud about the uh, about how the Oilers had the best defensive core in the NHL? Now, what was that one? Uh, this is this is my my friend. I, I call him my friend because every single offseason, he just makes me just laugh to the point of tears. Um, who who I, I send this to? Um, so Jim Matheson, the beat writer for the Edmonton Oilers, um, who is just hysterical. He said, Keith needs a Brent Seabrook type player as D partner. And he'll have one to watch if he's back, watches back if it's Larson and Edmonton. His age isn't indicative of his competition level. He's been relatively injury free throughout his career. Oilers are in a win now mode with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and there's a third player he listed. Who do you think the third player is? Arnell Nurse. Yes. He literally did. <laughs> dude, he literally did. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nurse like it was Crosby, Malkin, and the time. Wow. <laughs> I just 
Dude, and then I saw a tweet from like last night. He's like, they have the best defense on paper in the NHL. I'm like, okay, let's go through this right now, old man. <laughs> Oscar Clefbaum. What's well, on the left? You got Nurse Clefbaum and Keith. And then on the right, you have like Ethan Bear, Adam Larson. Ethan Barry. He, he moved. Never mind. No, he's a free agent. It'll probably be um, who's that guy? Evan Bouchard or Eric, whatever his name is. Evan Bouchard, yeah. Evan Bouchard, yeah. He'll finally make the jump and be pretty good. But um, this is a good trade for the uh, Blackhawks. Um, simply because it might set up a Seth Jones to Chicago trade for them. And him and Caleb will play on a pairing together. Um, I know that the Blackhawks have been looking pretty extensively at a um, trade to bring in Seth Jones. And I think that them having his brother there with him would uh, have him more apt to sign a contract extension there and stay in Chicago long-term. So here's something I'm reading is because it's funny. You just brought up Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, Ken Holland told the media that the chances of him playing in the 2020 in the 21-22 season are very slim. So, oh, buddy. Yeah. And then someone asked, you know, why Ken Holland didn't use his leverage in the Keith trade. He said, quote, what do you want me to get him for free? You wanted a lesser price. What did you want me to do? Do you think I paid too high of a price? So clearly he's already. Yes. About how he's already. Pretty defensive on uh, on on the assessment of the trades. So. You paid too high of a price, and they should have retained salary. I don't understand this. Why the every team in the NHL thinks they need to help the Chicago Blackhawks get out of their just insurmountable cap struggles, <laughs> but they do it every single time. You know, um, it's just crazy. Um, but you know what? With Oscar Clefbaum out for the year, boys, just like glass breaks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and Chris Russell comes down, down from the concourse in the upper level on a zip line. <laughs> and he comes onto the ice. It's in the Battle of Alberta. He comes onto the ice, knocks out Milan Lucic, knocks out Zach Ronaldo, and as he's walking to the penalty box, he looks at Johnny Gaudreau, does a little shimmy to him, and he just runs away. If only. <laughs> what? If only that could happen. <laughs> I, know, I know. My favorite one was, uh, you know, like you got to a point like where Jim Rutherford was like cutting WWE promos with Jack Johnson. Right. It's like PPG paints arena goes black. And then there's a spotlight going up to the 200 level. And up there, you'll see Jack Johnson in a wrestling singlet and Jim Rutherford in sting paint. <laughs> also, something fun that Scotty texted me, yet texted us yesterday was um, the Penguins have looked into Cal Yarnko. Um, I love it. I love it a lot. You know, everybody keeps saying, oh, we need to trade for these top-end wingers. Nah, we need more Brian Russ-type guys. You know, give me a 
Calier and Kroku can play both both wings and be a quality top nine option, be able to produce on whatever line that, that Mike Sullivan would put him on. Another thing that I saw, you know, because obviously one thing that we do have to prepare for also is the uh, the buyout candidates. You know, there are going to be some guys yeah. that be hitting the market here pretty soon. So what were you, how are we thinking about some of these guys potentially? How do we feel about maybe Martin Jones? Like if he were to get bought out? Yeah, if, if he were to get bought out and the Penguins want to sign him. I'd throw a temper tantrum. Yeah? Yeah, I'm not about it. Okay, how about Zach Parise? <laughs> Buddy, could you imagine if we yeah, got Zach in on the – Ten years after we wanted him? <laughs> ten years later, we're all in on the Parise train. Honestly, though, dude, like third-line player, I'll take him. Dude, I'd take him with Jeff Carter. Yeah. I'd be okay with it. I'd, I'd take him with Malkin. Yeah, you can honestly get say if we're if we're giving up Zucker, you can honestly fill him in there. Truth be told. Yeah, ex- exactly. Got any other ones? What about Paul Byron? Dude, if Paul Byron gets bought out by the Canadians in the, this summer, there will be a freaking arms race for him. Because the thing is, he just makes too much money. He's a, he's a, like out of anybody who could potentially get bought out, he's probably the best player. You know, he's not, he's not bad. I think, you know, that's another one. Brian Russ type player, you know, they could come in and play a role and play it well and be really successful. You know, what else you got? As far as buyouts, I'm done here. But the one thing I did see, uh, Owen Power said that he would love to be a part of the Buffalo Sabres who own the first overall pick. Truth or did you Is he telling the truth or is he lying? What do we think? If we hooked him he's up. Lying. He's lying because I I think Kevin Adams is going to literally just jump off the draft board and take William Eckler. <laughs> did you hear about that? Like they're like all in on William Eckler right now. Really? Yeah, like if they were to trade Jack or Stam and get like another top 10 pick in return, that's who they would go for. They'd draft William Eckler. Wow. Um, one, la- one last thing that I saw here. Do you guys see the picture going around social media right now of uh, the flat Stanley Cup? Yes. Atmore is holding the Stanley Cup and it is absolutely bent to hell. It looks terrible. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, you just just look up, you know, Stanley Pat Maroon Stanley Cup, and I mean this thing is completely like smashed. It's ridiculous. So, who do we think's responsible for it? Who do we think did it? I think it got to the Russian boat and it was just done. Definitely. You know, Kucherov, Chernak, Sergachev, and Vasilevsky just Maroon, Maroon and McDonough are the two are the two in the picture with it. So I don't know if like someone just got ignorant with it. Obviously, the cup's been messed up before. I mean, you, we've heard we've heard the stories of how you know Mario and company threw it in the pool when it got stuck. It got pretty damaged. So I don't know, but uh, it's just. <laughs> Thought that was pretty funny whenever I saw that. <laughs> yeah. 
I got one more buyout potentially. Yeah. The real deal, James Neal. Another name from the past. Just want to say that is the only professional athlete to be so sick of my shit that he blocked me on Twitter. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> he ran Dumoulin in the corner, uh, game three in Nashville in 17, and I got pissed off and went off on him. And he said, okay, Blackie, no more for you. <laughs> Just block him. Literally, dude. So, like, it started out, like, I, I was going at him, like, the first two games. I said, I like, I tweeted him, like, you just give me a James Neal offensive zone turnover on the power play, and the Penguins are going to score shorty on him. I'm going to, like, lose it. And then it happened in game one. And I was like, oh, look, I, I got you now. And then uh, I dug up the old tweet of him saying he wanted to be a Pittsburgh Penguin forever. And I was like, I knew this was a lie then, and I know it's a lie now. And I was like, pens and six. <laughs> and dude, it was, it was bad. It was bad. So, what? anything else you guys want to talk about? I think we're good, man. We just put up. We've been at this for almost two hours now. So yeah, dude, this was this was a long one, um, and I still have to do something after I'm done doing this. So, all right, guys, uh, this was our most recent episode of Four Checking TV. Um, you know, find us wherever you find your podcast at, and uh, be sure to follow follow us on or to subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, All right, guys, uh, have a good night, and we'll talk to you again soon, okay?